Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of What in the Wellness. As always, I love to hear your feedback, suggestions for new topics, questions that you would like answered, maybe even a guest that you would like to have on, or maybe you'd like to be the guest yourself. Either way, I'd love to hear from you. Please feel free to reach me by email or message. Uh, You guys know where to do that. Now, let's get started for today's episode. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know this special intro um, to Jesse Mandel's interview to let you know that currently the Postnatal Fitness Specialist Academy is enrolling until June 11th. If you're interested at all, I've included the affiliate link, which I would greatly appreciate you using if you're interested in my Instagram bio. If you have any questions at all or would like to talk to me about my experience with the Postnatal Fitness Specialist Academy, please feel free to reach out. I highly recommend it. And for now, let's get started with our talk with Jesse. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of What in the Wellness, a global perspective on integrative health. I'm Ansley Knopf, your host, and I am, if you can't already tell by the excitement in my voice, extremely excited to have Jessie Mundell as a guest today. And she is going to tell us so many great things. I've got a whole list of questions that hopefully we'll get through and also um, some really exciting news about a specialist academy that's opening up uh, for enrollment, which is something I've gone through. So I can't wait to talk to her and find about about all of that. Um, A little bit about Jesse, and then I'll let you tell us more about yourself in a minute. But just to get us started, Jesse is an expert in prenatal and postnatal exercise with a bachelor's degree in health and physical education and a master's in kinesiology. She is as self-proclaimed go-to support system for fitness that works to strengthen and heal while building a confidence that gives pregnant and postpartum people the tools to redefine one's relationship with their body and their worth. She says, I didn't always approach health and fitness this way. When I first started working with moms years ago at a pre and postnatal gym, I fell into the same problematic philosophies that so many health and fitness coaches still do to this day. I focus on helping moms fix their bodies, get back to their quote, pre-pregnancy bods instead of empowering women in the body they inhabited post-pregnancy, a body that was just as capable now as it was before, but that simply needed a little extra love and support. She also hosts to birth and beyond podcast, and she's created multiple programs to support moms on their journey. And one of the best, I'm a little biased, one of the best and most well-known fitness professional certification programs, postnatal fitness specialist Academy. She's also a sought after speaker, panelist, author, and contributor to many organizations, conferences, and so much more. And by the way, she's also a mom herself. Jesse, I am so excited to have you here. I'm ecstatic. Our audience is going to hear your thoughts and wisdom on the topics that you're so passionate about. Um, and we're having a little bit of technical difficulties. So we're going to do a quick intro with Jesse, and then we're going to go straight to audio. So if you guys are watching a video and it goes to audio, that's what's going on. Um, but Jesse, thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, Ansley, thank you so much for having me and for that introduction. I'm so excited to be talking with you today. Awesome. So um, what would be the first takeaway? Like if we're going to share this video clip and then people are going to listen to the audio, what's the one takeaway that you want people to know that we're going to be talking about today? Mm, I think mostly that 
fitness as we see it for postpartum people and moms can be done very differently than what we might think when that first comes to mind. Postnatal exercise, we often think moms just want to lose weight and shrink their bodies and make their bellies smaller. And what we are doing here is just so different and so much far beyond that traditional idea of postnatal fitness. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Okay. If guys, that doesn't excite you, then um, this may not be this, this space for you, or maybe you're just not sure what that is yet, but I encourage you to keep listening. Um, I, she has a beautiful glowing face and uh, just a, an aura and persona that follows her everywhere she goes, even virtually. So I hate that we have to cut the video, um, but I do want to make sure you guys are able to hear everything that she has to say. So we'll go straight to audio for now. Um, and then if it, it works out, we'll maybe bring her back at the end so you guys can see her beautiful face again. Um, and we'll keep going with the question. So I'm so excited about this. Um, okay, so first question. Um, Jesse, why postnatal fitness? Did you seek out postnatal or did it find you? <laughs> That's a great question. So the very first personal training job I had was at a boutique personal training studio in my hometown. And lo and behold, it was for moms, pregnant and postpartum people and moms, uh, a variety of fitness levels and time periods in those journeys. And that was where I first started coaching people. Mm. So yeah, I kind of fell into it. I started to learn a little bit about it during that period. And then in my undergraduate degree, which you had mentioned in physical education, there was some really interesting research being done at my university at that time in pregnancy exercise. And yeah, I just got so interested straight away. I went on to do my master's degree in kinesiology and I focused my studies in coaching pregnant and postpartum people and all that we might need to consider with working with those populations as exercise professionals. And so I just have been learning as much as I possibly can really over the last almost 15 years in this field and working with yeah, thousands of pregnant and postpartum people at this point, trying to figure out all that I can about how to optimally support them. Oh, gosh, 15 years. Can you, does that does that number like of years, does that ever you just sit back and go, oh my gosh, how have I been doing this for 15 years? Or is it more like, man, I'm just getting started 15 years and I have so much further to go. Like, what does that feel like? <laughs> yeah, uh, a little bit of both. But what I think is so important for myself and even for other fitness professionals who might be just getting started in this work is that I still feel like I have so much to learn. And this industry is just changing so quickly. The body of evidence and research that is being discovered now is completely different than what was happening even three to five years ago. So it just makes me so excited for what is to come and what we continue to learn about the body. Yeah. Wow. It's, I mean, you're right. Like even just from when I got started in being interested in this to now, we've had so much more information come out, so many more studies that are starting to be done. It's It's been really exciting, honestly, to see that happen. So 15 years is a long time though. Um, and we really, when you're that focused and that niched into something that you're that passionate about, 
what's been the biggest change that you've found within yourself after all these years working within the postnatal fitness community? Yeah, you know what, there's been a couple of things. I think number one for me, the birth of my first baby really changed so much for me in terms of how I viewed pregnancy and birth and postpartum recovery, just going through those motions myself really just opened up a whole new light to how I was able to coach people and how I showed up to coach people was just so different having been living it myself. And I really also have learned so much in that while I believed that postpartum was a significant amount of time and not just the first weeks after someone gave birth to a baby. It's so interesting to me now, even almost six years in parenting. And I realized just how dramatically one's life and ability to care for them, their health really, oh, is just so challenging and difficult during these years. So it really does influence how I coach people and the way that I program exercise and I way that I consider how the loads and the stress that people are under. Again, not just what we consider to be early postpartum, but for years after pregnancy into parenthood. Yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, honestly, I, I wasn't sure what answer I was expecting for that question, but I didn't even consider that, um, even working in this for 15 years, but you've been a mom for six. So like, that's, that's a big change to go from working. And I, I really identify with that on a beginner level, right? I'm like just the intro stages as we were talking just a little bit before I started recording. This is, I've been working now, not nearly as long, um, but for a few years now in pre and postnatal. And I'm just now expecting, you know, my first child and already the change is significant in how I view like, oh my gosh, this the fatigue starts so early and the shift and like how much time I have available, how much energy I have available. It's just crazy. So these things that I knew in theory and I'm now understanding the practice and that's, it's a huge shift for sure. So um, if you had to pick, actually, you know what? No, I have a question first. Um, This is more for my personal benefit than anything else. Um, So would you say as a, as like a mom yourself, right? You're, you're involved in combining mom life and everything else that you're involved in and you're creating and you're, you know, doing all these things. Um, In that, asking what is the hardest thing is probably a really broad question. But for me, um, kind of following you as like a role model in so many ways, um, would you say imposter syndrome or mom guilt is a bigger obstacle when you're trying to do all these things? (laughs) That's a good question. (laughs) Oof, well... Oh my gosh. Okay. I would say I, I don't do both of those things very often, to be honest with you, but I also will say that there's a lot of, I think, context and privilege that comes with being to answer in that way. Mm -hmm. So I have been able to spend a lot of time at home with my kids over the last six years. My youngest is almost three, my oldest almost six. And I have been at home actively parenting them throughout the day, most of the days for a lot of that time. And honestly, until the last year, 
in the last year, we have had the most childcare we have ever had. And it has been absolutely glorious. And we should have done it <laughs> far sooner, far sooner. So take note of that, perhaps just okay. keep that in your back pocket. <laughs> Notes taken, highlighted. <laughs> yes. So yeah, for me, the experience of you know, early motherhood and parenthood has, was more of resentment than it was with mom guilt. Mm. And then in terms of imposter syndrome, yes, for sure. Do struggle with that. Sometimes have struggled with that, but you know, I think now at this point in my career, I am just so rooted in the work that I am trying to do. I know what my focus on is on. So I don't get, distracted really, or I don't compare too often. There are times that I do, but I really know how to bring it back from that place quite quickly. Okay. So there's hope, right? Like with more practice, you feel more comfortable. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I think, you know, for both of those things, it is just, it's an inside job and it's questioning the cultural conditioning of it all. And particularly the conditioning of moms and women to be comparing themselves all of the time to everyone else. And these standards that are somehow have been invented in this white patriarchal society that we're all swimming in. And I think once you start to question that stuff, it becomes a bit easier to reject that stuff. Yeah, like just be like, nope, that's not for me. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, move on. Um, What is that song, Thank You Next? Is that an Ariana Grande song? (laughs) That's how I feel about these things. Um, My gosh, okay, so since we kind of have like tiptoed into that topic a little bit, if, if you had to pick one, right? Because that's going to be super hard. But if you had to pick one myth about postnatal fitness training that you absolutely must dispel once and for all, which one would that be? (laughs) Oh my gosh, you're asking tough and good questions. I love this. Okay, well. People want to know and the people are me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. One, I would say that is really something that I'm super passionate about that we touched on earlier, but it is that, you know, that all moms, all postpartum people want to be losing weight. And that is why they are hiring fitness and exercise professionals. They're coming to us because they want to get back to their pre-baby body size and fit into their jeans again and all of the other garbage that comes around with these ideas that we have about postpartum bodies and is the thing that I get so enraged about that we celebrate the growth of pregnant bodies so often mm-hmm. and then postpartum bodies when they remain larger they're seen as a thing to be fixed and that is what the work that I really am so focused on with the education that I do with fitness and health professionals is to lead this approach that we are changing the messaging and marketing within the fitness industry to be anything but that. And of course, that can be an option that exists for some people, absolutely. And people can do with their bodies what they want. But what I want is for moms and postpartum people to also know just as strongly that this body is good and worthy 
even if it remains larger, even if it continues to get bigger, and really just doing a lot of, again, questioning and investigating on why we have these biases and ideas about larger bodies to even begin with. Yeah, I mean, as, as a first time expecting, I've like, I've already seen the pressure to get to quote, get my pre-baby body back. And I haven't even given birth yet. Like it's, it's started already. And I think it comes in the form of what feels like it should be innocuous and like people trying to be encouraging, but it's coming across in comments like, oh, well, you already work out. So you're just going to bounce right back or, oh yeah, you're already so fit. You probably won't gain hardly anything. Like it, they're trying to be supportive, but at the same time, like you have a, that's not really my focus. Um, and B like, that's that you don't know that, like, you don't, you don't know how my body is going to respond postpartum. And that doesn't need to be my focus then either. Like it's, it's just started so early and it's been almost just, I, I, like, I knew it existed, but to have it happen to me personally, <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is immediate from the very beginning. And it's something that I talked about with um, another fitness professional about like right now it's so celebrated. It's like, oh yeah, of course. And from, for us, we were talking about from a self-care perspective, right? Of course, of course you need to nap. You know, you're, you're pregnant. You should totally, you got to take care of yourself. Of course you need to do this. You're pregnant. You need to take care of yourself. And then immediately postpartum, it shifts into, you know, like, a shower is a luxury. Like it shouldn't be a shower is like a basic human necessity. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's just, it's crazy to see that happen so, so fast, so soon. Um, and I'm, I'm coaching a mom right now. She's got a two-year-old and she's, you know, hopefully newly expecting soon. They're, you know, trying for another and it already like forecasting out to postpartum and going, how am I going to get back? You know, how am I going to get smaller? How am I going to do these things? And I'm like, wow, there's, we haven't even gotten, you know, to pregnancy yet. How are we already to, how am I going to lose weight after baby? Um, it's just, it's crazy how permeated that is into culture. I also think that kind of translates over into a mom's support system, um, whether it be from a partner or another, another support person. Um, I feel like there's this general lack of information, understanding about what a mom's body actually goes through and how many other important there things there are for a mom to be thinking about. Um, so I've seen a lot of partners and support people that they just don't understand why it's so hard. Like, why can't they just quote bounce back? Why can't they just, you know, get back at it? What would you say to that? What would you say to those people? And like this general lack of understanding about what a woman's body actually goes through, what a mom's body actually goes through um, to give, to give birth, like that whole process. Mm -hmm. This is so, so important. We have to start with pregnancy, yes, and understanding what even happens to a person's body to be able to do this feat. And whenever I still think about going through pregnancies myself, I'm like, what? How did this happen? How did I do this? And when I look at my pregnant clients and pregnant people, I'm like, this is outrageous that your body is able to do this amount of work and that you still function to some degree through it. Like live your life, do your work, 
take care of a household, maybe other children. It's absolutely the energy requirements that occurs in a pregnant person's body to be able to care for themselves and then to also to grow a baby. And then next up, understanding what might occur through a birth for someone, whether that is a vaginal or cesarean birth, or even if that pregnancy might end in loss, what is occurring through that too. But with my clients, even it's educating them and their potential partners too on all that occurred through, say, the pelvic floor muscles stretching, you know, this immense degree in order for a baby to be birthed vaginally, or the process and procedure of a cesarean birth and all the layers of tissue that are cut through and moved through to get to the uterus and birth that baby. And then when we look at postpartum and just understanding the recovery is so long, it is so long. When I think about early postpartum for my clients, it's really 18 months to two years that most people are still feeling very much in it postpartum. And I would say, for, honestly, for the majority, it's closer to the three-year mark where they are feeling much more recovered, able to do more intense exercise or take on more stress or just that they notice that they are able to think differently again. So yeah, it is really just so, so much. And when you consider people having multiple pregnancies, say within a span of a couple of years and then more births, all of that really does add up. And the health of a person, the true health really many people are not well for a very long period of time. Mm -hmm. And what I'll also note is something that I have learned from many pelvic health physios is that has been so interesting is even just understanding what's happening at a physiological level with the tissue healing of the body after a birth. So that vaginal birth or cesarean birth and how those tissues actually heal over time. I think that that education can be really interesting for families. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say then? I mean, I, I have pretty strong feelings about it already. Um, partly, partly it's your fault <laughs> um, because of the because of the uh, education that you've provided, um, and you know the other people that you've collaborated with on the Specialist Academy. But um, what would you say? Because there's still a lot. I I don't understand really why necessarily, but I understand it's like layers of education from the individual moms all the way up through the education for the medical system as well. Um, but we're still getting, we're still getting like six week clearances um, or maybe a little bit further out for like a cesarean birth. But um, how, I think, how do you see that set up moms to feel like maybe like failure or, or like they're not where they should be with getting a six week clearance. And then it's like, oh, you should be good to go do whatever you want. And it, it almost shortens that experience expectation of postpartum to six to eight, maybe 12 weeks, like at the end of that, you should be good to go. And that's just, that's just not the case. I mean, you're listing up to like two or three years postpartum. So like, how, how would you work around that? Because that's one of the things they, a lot of, you know, we have scope of practice and they'll say, well, you know, once your doctor says this, or once your physical therapist says this, so they go to the doctor, they get that clearance, the clearance is like six weeks and they're like, okay, you're pretty much good to go. And then you're like, 
no, <laughs> like, how do you, how do you handle that? Cause doctors are still saying this, but we know, you know, this, this larger body of information. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I really just frame that six week checkup as your doctor or primary care physician is simply seeing if you are healing at the most basic level at that point. So they might ask you a few questions. They're going to be interested in baby's health, potentially. They might look at your cesarean scar. They might look at the pelvic floor muscle function. Those things probably are not going to happen, but really it is just the most basic check-in to see if you are quote unquote, okay, Hopefully they're asking about your mental health to some degree. And if you need support there, and maybe they're referring out at that point, often they're just asking you if you need any help with birth control and they're setting you on your way. So for my people, we just talk so much about how this is not a clearance for any intense exercise or getting back to your normal daily activities at that, whatever the regular load might be. It's just simply a checkup to see if you are okay. And let's not take it as anything more than that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you kind of mentioned it a couple of times. Um, and I'm, I'm just curious uh, from your perspective as as a kinesiologist, right, which is, is the next level of understanding how the body works. And then just your 15 and counting years of work, how important is widening the support system for a mom to include pelvic floor physiotherapy? And I'm gonna say in other professionals because mental health is also really important. Um, and there's other you know professionals that can support their healing as well. So to holistically support mom, like how important is that? Cause I know a lot of moms do you know, they go see their OBGYN, they do their checkups, and then they kind of just go on with life. Um, and then maybe at some point they venture back into fitness, a fitness class or a boot camp, or, you know, something like that. So how important would you say that is? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can be so important. And if you're able to access care from other health professionals, just think, use it if you are able in any way to use it, or if your family structure can make that a priority, hopefully we are able to do that. You know, it just says so much about our culture, care for moms and how absolutely pitiful it is, especially in some areas of the world more so than others. I mean, many of my US-based clients are not receiving any maternity leave postpartum or many are back to work at 12 weeks for sure, sometimes even less than that. Often it's unpaid leave at that point. And it is just wild. Even at 12 weeks, people are barely healing at that point many times. And just what their life has gone through, not just their body, what their life has gone through is yeah. so huge. So yes, please go see pelvic floor physiotherapist. If you are able, the assessment that they will do on the pelvic floor, on your core, your abdomen is so different. Even if you had your OB internally assess your 
pelvic floor muscles, what a pelvic physio is able to do is so much more thorough. They can give you such incredible information about your body. And then as you're mentioning mental health support, it is just yeah, so deeply impactful for postpartum people and moms to use those type of resources if you, again, are able to. And for sure, please talk to your healthcare provider at that six-week checkup about receiving mental health support if you think at all that it could be useful for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I will just mention really quick, quick, quick here, Jesse has amazing resources and like freebies that she has available to help get started. So if we're talking about, you know, there's things that are available to you um, and things that may seem unavailable. There are a lot of really great, reputable free resources out there. I will link some things as well from Jesse and then also from like PSI. Um, they have some really great free resources as well um, for mental health support in particular, um, and then also some other things as well. So I'll make sure to link all of this for you because everyone deserves access <laughs> to this information. So um, what should moms be looking for when they're looking to return to exercise? We'll start with within themselves, um, physically, mentally, like, is there some sort of checklist or like, warning signs, like what, what should they be looking for when they're looking to return to exercise? Since maybe they aren't getting, you know, additional support help, um, maybe that's not available to them right now and they've gone to their six week checkup, what, what can they be looking for? Mm -hmm. I think that the most important thing to consider is really the mindset of going back into exercise and what you want from it, what the intention is of going back to say a structured exercise class or program. In my coaching, what we're trying to do is help people to be well and to help people feel better in their bodies and their lives. So we consider exercise and movement as the tool for helping them to get there, but we just try to really detach from the relationship to exercise as much as possible. So we're using it in this really flexible, easy way and not putting pressure on even what the body is able to do, what it can lift, the type of movements available to you at that time. We just really want to take this flexible mindset into exercise. And then in terms of what the body is going through physically, what I love to teach is from one of my mentors, Gail Hume, who teaches on the Postnatal Fitness Specialist Academy, and that is the four P's from Gail. So peeing, pain, peaking, and pressure. So these are the things that we are looking out for when you get back into exercise to let you know that uh, maybe I need to pull back in some way. Maybe I need to modify my technique or my strategy around how I'm doing this exercise or this workout. So peeing, if you are leaking urine, you're having some sort of incontinence during or after exercise, that might be a sign that we need to adjust. If you're having pain, anywhere in the body, but particularly perhaps within the pelvis or the low back. Peaking, if you notice through your abdomen, 
down the midline of the belly. Say when you're doing some exercises that require the abdominals, that you have this doming happening through the midline of the belly and it's happening through every rep or it's really bulging out. That might be something we need to look at. And then pressure, if you're feeling this bulginess or a lot of tension through the vulva or the perineum in the pelvic floor muscles, that too might be something that we need to address in some way. So the four Ps, and then take a note of your mindset. If you are feeling like this needs to look a certain way and I have to do this many minutes of exercise or work out this many times per week, all this stuff in postpartum, we have to get so practiced at letting it go and really just taking it easy. I'm going to play that sentence on repeat. I can tell it's going to be like a thing I can listen to. Like, okay, we're just going to take it easy. It's going to be fine. <laughs> yes, yes. So I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm hearing health first, right? Over and over again. It's just this message of like, let's look at your mental health. Let's look at your physical health. Let's think about the entire well-being of who you are as a person versus like, you know, how quickly can we get you back to, I don't know, doing reps for time or something like that. Like this is about the whole person, um, which is something that I think is almost even, it's not necessarily unique. Like you're the only, you're not a lone island, um, but I feel like you have a stronger messaging with this than probably even some other pre and postnatal um, programs that are out there. So how has this messaging affected the direction of your programming, not only for your clients, but as you've created the certification program for this next generation of fitness professionals um, that's you know coming into this pre and postnatal fitness world, um, and as you call, you're constantly updating it, right? So like, as you learn, you know, you, you know better, you do better. So you're, you're constantly improving that as well. But how has that messaging directly affected that creation? Yeah, it really has changed it in all of the ways, you know, our programming for our clients has been updated and edited so many times over the last three to five years. The education that we're teaching in the academy looks nothing like it did five years ago when we started it. So it's really been my evolving as a fitness and health practitioner, but then again, my experience through two full-term pregnancies mm -hmm. and two cesarean births and running and building a business as a mom of two and all that I have learned and then seeing my clients navigate this stuff for themselves too and what does sustainable fitness even look like for people who are doing this stuff who are parenting and running businesses or not who are primary caregivers of their children it is yeah, seeing how this stuff really is impacting people on a real life level and then designing programming that people are actually able to do. And that has been, yeah, so impactful for the direction of our education. And in terms of what we're trying to do with fitness and health pros is, again, like we mentioned before, is really flipping this industry on its head. I don't want it to look how it did 10 years ago when I was starting out, when we thought that an abdominal separation of two fingers was bad and needed to be fixed and closed. Like that information is 
not good. We know now it has changed dramatically. And I really wanted to create this one-stop shop that gave fitness and health pros evidence-based up-to-date information with the physical body. Yes. But then considered coaching from a human first perspective. I love that. I love define that for us just a little bit. I think it's almost self, self-explanatory. It should be, but I feel like it really isn't. <laughs> Um, talk about human first for a second, because I feel like that changes just the entire paradigm of everything that you do when you think about it like that. Yeah. So when I think human first, I'm really trying to figure out who my clients are and what they need in their lives and what health even is for them and what type of health is accessible for them. So, For me, this has changed a ton over the last five, six years, as I have been learning from Black, Brown, Indigenous women, femmes, and leaders about anti-racism work and really embarking on my own anti-racism work and understanding the roots of diet culture and anti-fatness and how they exist within racism. So really taking a strong look at my own personal and professional um, ideas and wondering how I am upholding whiteness and white supremacy and racism within them have really changed, yes, how I try to teach and how I try to lead. Mm. Yeah, that's a big difference. Oh, wow. Okay. So I have a couple of questions that I I'm like debating. I have like so many questions. I'm like, how do I I pick? How do I pick? Um, If so, I think one of the hardest things is I can't necessarily work with everyone, right? Like I'm not going to be the coach for everyone. And I I obviously have, you know, finite resources as far as time and energy myself. Um, But one of the things that's really important to me is to help give a framework of what women and and or moms, you know, should be looking for when they're looking for a quality coach that is going to coach them from this human first perspective. Um, what, what would you say are some good qualifiers or some good guidelines for like what a person should be looking for when they're looking into taking a class or seeking out a coach? Like, what would you define that as? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that some sort of certification is important in this realm of pregnancy and postpartum exercise. So I know that we see a lot of fitness professionals who become pregnant, have a child, and then start coaching this work, which I think is really wonderful. But I just do think it's important to note that only the experience of being pregnant and postpartum might not give us a really full, well-rounded perspective on what someone's going through in their body or life. I think some additional education is super key in this world. Again, as we said, just the research is moving very quickly here. So someone who understands the evidence-based and can move from that lens is super key. And then the other thing that I'll say is someone who just jives with your values. That's so important to me and is what I move from basically in all the (laughs) purchasing and investments decisions that I make at this point in my life. I wanna know what those 
values are of the company and the coach and the person. So I think that is so key. And then if that professional has some sort of referral network, I think that that is really important too, that they are not trying to pretend like they are the expert in all of the realms, that they are very well intentioned on this is my scope of practice. And if it falls outside, here are some people that I would love to refer you to who can better help you in those realms. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's probably one of the best things that I loved about how you constructed the Postnatal Fitness Specialist Academy was the collaboration of bringing in all of these people from, I mean, you're, you're a pro and an expert yourself, but even, you know, then you're like, hey, let me bring in these other people that spend so much extra time studying and in practice in these different fields. And it, it was just really incredible to see. So I, I really appreciated that you constructed it that way. Was that, was that always the intention to bring all these people in? I know they've come sometimes and done updated interviews and things like that as well. Was that always the intention with that to kind of set that example of having a referral network or did that evolve like on its own as you went through its creation? Yeah, it really was the intention from the get-go to bring these other people in for a couple different reasons. Like we said, I want to be clear on my scope of practice and that other people are trained in other areas. And then secondly, that I recognize that my lens on life and my lived experiences are limited. And, you know, I'm a white cis woman in the urban Canadian region and my life experiences are limited and we need to hear from other people as well who yeah are walking different shoes in this world yeah I love that um you guys will notice I'm kind of bringing up personal fitness specialist academy quite a bit um that's not only because I think it's great but also because it is open for enrollment right now is that correct <laughs> Yes, until okay. June 11th. Until June 11th. And this episode will come up before then. So if you are interested at all, you should definitely check it out. It was 100% a very worthwhile investment for me. I learned so, so much. Um, and I actually am looking forward to the updates because I'm due for renewal this year. Um, and so, um, but she's constantly updating the information, which I think is great. And that's that's just, I mean, that's, she practices what she preaches. So whether you are investing in it as a professional in the um, Fit Pros Academy course, or if you are interested in taking a program that she's put together, they're all excellent. She does amazing work. Um, oh my goodness. We did the one thing you want our listeners to take away from our conversation in the beginning. And I'm just curious, like if you had, if you could go back and tell 15 years ago, Jesse, anything like, what would that be? And I always love these questions because sometimes people are like, I wouldn't go back. I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't know who I am, but I'm just so curious if you could go back, maybe not 15 years ago, maybe like five years ago, maybe that would be easier. Um, what's something you've learned that you would really want to tell her? Oh, wow. You know what? I will say going back 15 years or even 10 years, I would say to 
start learning about my biases about bodies and body size sooner because I struggled with my relationship to my body image for so long. I have a long history of disordered eating and an eating disorder and using exercise as a tool to control my body shape, aka to keep it as small as possible for many years. And really what I think would have been so helpful to me is to learn about diet culture and anti-fatness and again the roots of those things within racism because that positioning of it really has changed everything for me and is so enlightening and eye-opening for my clients too so yes sooner to take a look at my biases about bodies and what I believed about larger fatter bodies and to also understand my own privileges in a smaller straight size body wow yeah that would have that would be so crazy if you could do that though right if you're like what how would my life have been different like yes oh man um gosh I have a hundred million more things I want to ask you but thankfully um you are very accessible right and you're always con- putting out great content um you have a podcast yourself and you're always a guest on multiple things going on because you're awesome and everybody wants to like talk to you. Um, so where can our listeners find you and follow you? Because I know by now they're intrigued and they're interested and they want to get more from you. So <laughs> where can they do that? Well, thank you so much. You can come follow along on Instagram or Facebook at Jesse Mundell. My website is jessiemundell.com. And yes, our podcast is called To Birth and Beyond. Yes. Awesome. And I will link all of that stuff in the show notes for you guys. So you can go and find her. Um, and if like, again, you are able to enroll in the postnatal fitness specialist Academy until June 11th, and I highly recommend it. It's awesome. Um, I do have a link I'll put for that as well. So you guys can have all the links and all the things in the show notes. Um, but definitely follow Jesse. She puts up great stuff and she's very awesome about lifting up other women as well in the industry. And, um, just really helping create good experiences for everyone and giving a platform for other voices as well. So it's just, it's a really incredible thing to watch. Um, Jesse, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I wish I could keep you for another hour. Um, maybe one day I'll get you back and we'll, we'll dive into some of these other topics and questions that I know are really important to you and that you're super passionate about. Uh, I can't thank you enough for spending some time with us today. Do you have any last thoughts or words for our listeners? Uh, Well, thank you so much for having me, Ansley. I loved talking with you and I just, I hope you know that all that, all those kind words that you said about me are coming right back at you. Oh, thank you. That means so much. I'm like, you guys have no idea. I spent 15 minutes trying to calm down because I've been following her for a long time and admire the crap out of her. I think she's awesome. So um, this has been like a bucket list checked off like, yay me. Okay. Um, and hopefully you guys, I know you've learned something, have really thought about something and obviously welcome to dive deeper on this journey, but I can't thank you enough for being here. And I'm excited for our listeners to hear this episode and hear from you. I think Um, you're still doing great work and have been for 15 years. And all I have to say is just keep it up. High fives, hugs, the whole thing. Um, You're doing great work. And I appreciate you inspiring not only myself, but a whole 
a whole no another like generation soon to be of fitness professionals that enroll in the academy and women everywhere and for the work that you're doing and for moms and <laughs> just for everyone. So thank you so much for all of that and for being here today. You guys, I wish you all the light and love on your wellness journey. Um, if you need anything at all, you know where to reach out and find me and you can send me an email or a message like, share, follow this podcast. If you really enjoyed this episode and you know somebody that would appreciate it or be lifted up by it or encouraged, please send it their way as well. And I wish you all the best and we'll see you next time on What in the Wellness. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening today. If you're interested in being a sponsor or a patron of this podcast to help us develop more resources and get more exciting things out into the world about the global perspective on integrative wellness and health, please feel free to reach out via email or message. And I look forward to seeing you and the new subscribers that you're going to bring uh, to the podcast as we go along on this journey. Thank you so much for being here and I wish you all the best and light and love as you continue throughout your day today.